See, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. I am here with my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punaconda, then now forever, C.K. Joe Rodermill. sexy, man. <laughs> Go I'm here with Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina. Happy to be back. And I am also here with Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. We are about to bring you... Another edition of Throwback Madness. Uh, before we get to that, just want to mention, please listen to the flagship Matt Madness show, Falls Count Anywhere, The Perfect Edge. We'll have a new one sanctioned out by the time you hear this with Elite Collector. What's yes. his actual name? It's Jay Vargas. Okay, I always want to say Juan, but I always know that's not right. <laughs> so I always like hesitate. Maybe that's because that's, that's my that's other name. name. <laughs> I'd, want say, I'd want to say Scott Vargas. Yeah, <laughs> Scott Vargas from the Christmas Story, the bully. Uh huh. All right. So yes, Elite Collector Unsanctioned. Uh, subscribe to the show if you like it. Rate, review. Uh, we appreciate it when you give us a five star review. So please do that if you get a chance. SummerSlam 2000. It was the 15th SummerSlam. This was actually Prep's pick, first ever. Very um, haunting opening. Yeah, another another one of these uh, classy Freddie Blassie weird weirdo black and white openings. Damn, that was going on. No, uh, did you have a specific reason for picking this one? Uh, not really. It was either this or 2013, as me and Alo spoke about, and. 2013 still too close. I yeah. was like, you know what? I'm gonna go with this. It's the year after probably one of the worst Summer Slams. Mm-hmm. So sure, why not? Yeah, Alo, you want to refresh our listeners' memories of the rating system? Yeah, if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If you fall somewhere in a slobber knocker, it's a fantastic show. It's a showstop. And then All right. Trying. Yes. So, yeah. Only given out one time so far. I'm hoping that's all we have to do. Yeah. So prep as your choice. You get the rate to the right to rate first. What do you rate SummerSlam 2000? So, I'm going to give this show a slobber knocker. Wow. Like, wow. Just, that's it. Slinging that thing around. Wait. No, that's a, sh- no, that's a show stop. Oh, okay. No. Man, I, I really was hoping. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> really jumped the gun on that one. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I had to put the show on like four times. So, if I can't stay awake... There's a reason. Yeah. Like, it was good, but it wasn't great to me. Yeah. Joey? This is, by definition, a uh, slobber knocker. Okay. Like usually, I'll give a rating somewhere in the middle. This is, this is like, just a definition of slobber knocker. So, you're, boom, it's, it's right in the middle. It's the middle ground. It's, uh, um, at first, I, I was watching, I wanted to go maybe, maybe, maybe a little lower, but then it picked up pace near the end. Yeah. But, definition, middle ground. Okay. Halo? Well, unlike y'all, I just sling it around, I guess. So it's, it's, this is a showstopper for me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I love this show. This has a special place in my heart. There's always some... All shows aren't perfect from start to bottom, but like Ron likes to say, things happened on this show. So, like, with the first TLC match, it was great. I, I enjoyed the entire show. It was, a lot of, it was a lot of fun, especially going back in time and making fun of things and what things actually led, things actually led to. Mm-hmm. Ten matches on the card, and I thought the pacing on the show was really great as well. Nothing was too long-winded. 
And I'll get to that when we get to a certain specific <laughs> match because I thought it was just right, and they don't do that today. Today they get they'll give this match a half hour instead of the ten to twelve minutes it really yeah. needs. So I'm gonna give it a showstopper, and I I admit I just sling them around. At this <laughs> <time>. Readily admit, <laughs> yes. you're a showstopper whore. I am um, gonna also go slobber knocker. Um, I don't sling them around. I believe I've only given out maybe two, maybe two in the whole time we've been doing these. Uh, so it takes a lot for me to, to go uh, straight up showstopper. Well, I'm easy, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had, I liked that they specifically mentioned it was a $1.1 million gate. I wanted to say that too. Like, you'll never hear that nowadays. No, now, no I did enjoy that. There's though. something I wanted to ask you, Alo, after watching this pay-per-view. Um, I'm sure you'd know because you're looking at a encyclopedia of knowledge here. Why was the... Day after Raw at 11 o'clock. Oh, um, the U.S. Open. U.S. The Open. tennis. For, the, for like a week. What the hell was going to stay up all night? No, no, Raw no, at I was so mad because I missed Raw. Because yeah. I was like, where the hell is Who's going to stay up that late? I got back from vacation from Florida this day. So I didn't order the pay-per-view. So I had to wait for like two or three months for it to come on tape or whatever. And like the next <laughs> night, I'm like, where the hell is Raw? And the TV guide, it said 9 o'clock. Yeah, I'm just like waiting for Raw and tennis is on. Was Serena on that night by any chance? I'm not a Herbert so sure. Because I didn't care. I'm like, what the hell's Raw? He was too furious. Because if Serena was on, I would have been okay with the delay. <laughs> Other than that, wouldn't have been happy with it. Yeah, I, I was I was glad somebody brought that up. I was like, <laughs> yeah, somebody I got asked it. it was the US Open. <laughs> yeah, and I, Lawler even said, like, oh, does that mean we could, uh, did he say, like, be even more Raw? <laughs> and they might have, who knows. Um, opening match. Right to censor. Great group. <laughs> you know, I, I can't take anything away from oh, them. The last time I saw Bull Buchanan. Yeah. Uh, and Too Cool, as everyone knows, I'm always ready to see Too Cool from back in the day. <laughs> um, just hearing anyone's actually a grown person who's older than me saying out loud, Grandmaster Sex A will make me laugh every time. Does not matter how many times I hear it, we'll, I'll always pop for it, will always make me laugh. And, uh, yeah, always good to open the show, always gets the crowd going. Halo, you look like you have something you want to say already. <laughs> I, just want, I just want to say Victoria has some good moves in and out the ring, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Joey, too cool, and right to censor. Oh well, it was fun to watch and right to censor come out. It was one of those like, oh yeah, I must forgot about those guys. But the Good Father. It, it took it took me back. It took me back to there. But outside of that, it didn't do too much for me. Um, as far as the total match and everything like that, it was man. Just didn't do anything for you. Yeah, I felt like overall match for me. Yeah, uh, prep. How underrated is Stevie Richards? Yeah. Yes. Like, his promo was so good. Mm-hmm. I, I I liked the match. I had a lot of fun watching it. Like like you guys said, the good father. That was so funny to me. Like, And they brought out his hose? Yes. <laughs> he had some choice words with the hose at one he point. He did. He wasn't he happy. Did. I'm all about women empowerment, but I thought it was a nice touch that he shoved the hose. Yeah. Well, it, it fit the character. Yeah, it did. Like, I, I did enjoy it. I not really a good father, like, And he's like a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. And um, King always... Putting over Scotty, losing his hat. Oh, yeah. And then the whole, like, <laughs> the Save the Hose chant was refreshing. Yeah. That was refreshing because we're so used to hearing only CM Punk chants mm-hmm. now. And I thought about you 
about the build up to the worm. He didn't get the worm. <laughs> In my notes. <laughs> build up to the worm. I'm glad you said it. So I always am waiting for the worm. Like I've said it every time that the worm has come up on one of these pay-per-views, so I might as well just say it again for anyone who hasn't listened to one of these before. The fact that it's so much build-up <laughs> to a move that's absolutely nothing Not is so that. funny to me. I, like, I wish I could come up with like something to compare it to, but he does so much to do so little. Uh, <laughs> it's like the people's elbow. Yeah. <laughs> but the worm is tired. Yeah. It, it's so much. And at least the people's elbow, I mean, you could see maybe an elbow drop, but he just does like a karate chop after doing a worm. <laughs> that, that exactly. It's like literally the most minor move he could possibly do in that situation for all the theatrics that lead up to it. But could not have been more perfect for a group that's meant to get under your skin that waits for the thing everybody's waiting to see and then cut it off right before it happens. And that's what I have. I was like, Richard super kick on the worm. Got legit heat from me even in 2017. <laughs> and I said that too. I, I was like, who's more mad? Wrong with the crowd. <laughs> no, knowing it was going to happen, I was still mad that it happened. I was like, you know, now when am I going to get to see it again? Am I going to have to go on the network and search the worm to see this you might, thing? You might have to. Yeah, but the, obviously it was the right call. You know, the crowd is pissed. They walk away with the win. The group that's supposed to get on your nerves. Yeah, you get the right to censor, getting the heat that they, that they need at the time. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still always love the way the crowd reacts to Too Cool. Always gets a great reaction. Scotty Too Hotty did the Baron Corbin slide under the turnbuckles. <laughs> I don't know if anyone noticed that. I didn't see that. <laughs> Prep, I think you even said you're tired of seeing Corbin do it. Yeah, because he looks... Like, he's getting tired doing it now. It's not like yeah. Boss... When Boss Man used to do it, it used to be full speed. Yeah. Like, he used to do it really full speed. Now he, like, slowed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, good opener, though. And it is funny, the difference in the crowd then and now. Oh, yeah. Like, Everything was over. There's a lot that, I, that I'll say is, like... A lot of times I think we overrate the Attitude Era. One of the things you can't overrate is the how engaged the crowd was... For the show, compared to well, that. I mean, another thing to that to that point is that they had secondary stories for for not not just their main main players. Mm-hmm. Everyone was involved in the storyline. Um, everyone had like a character build, and they had more than what they do nowadays. Yeah, there it wasn't wasn't just like all right, we'll throw you out there now. All right, you guys back here, like it all, that's what it almost feels like sometimes. Like there's just people backstage, and it's like all right, we're coming back from commercial. You and you go run out there and do something. Like, that's what Raw feels like half the time. That that era, it was definitely like you're going out there to execute something. Every match had a story behind it, and mm-hmm. it was a built story. It wasn't just thrown together the last show. Yes, and speaking of stories, there was one story that was really woven throughout this entire <laughs> pay-per-view. It was the love triangle love between triangle, yeah. Kurt Angle, Triple H, and a... Very baby-faced Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> Pre-enhancements. If yeah, you know I don't I mean. know how young she was at this time. She's pretty young. How old is she? She's got to be like mid-40s, I guess. I think she just hit 40. She's got to be more than two she years might... older than me, is I it, think. This is before Kurt... I think she turns 41 this year. Really? She's that young? Yeah. This is before Kurt, Kurt Angle was all neck, so it was a long, <laughs> long time ago. Kurt Angle with hair, which yes. I always yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> That's that sli- bad hair. He's that's, got sli- some, that's Sly Devil. Yeah. He's got some s- smooth kiss- kisses going on. Uh. He does. Well, Stephanie admitted that he was a good kisser. She was not shy about admitting that fact. Uh, but yes, this was a story that was running through the whole show. Uh, he you know he took advantage of Steph. Um, 
I loved him asking if Coach was questioning his integrity. <laughs> <laughs> because we all know how important integrity was to Kurt Angle. I thought that was great. And the, that he called him a fourth a fourth rate a fourth string <laughs> ring announcer. I thought it was awesome too. I thought the whole montage was fun to watch too, coming into it like that Triple H and Angle were kinda of teaming at one point mm-hmm. and then they kinda of turned on each other, then this kinda of got thrown into it. So it was it was kinda of interesting story to see that played out over I know when I watch pay per views nowadays and they do the montages, I'm like, dude, I've seen it all. I don't wanna watch it but watching throwback it's like trip down memory lane to watch all that. It's like the whole story mm-hmm. in a few minutes. Oh yeah. It's just fun. Um Alo as the number one Triple H fan. <laughs> How is young Alo feeling about Kurt Angle at this at this point in time? I was like, "That's his wife." <laughs> he's like, "Like, he's gonna get you. He's gonna get you." <laughs> Did you see, still see Kurt as having any integrity at this point? I didn't understand the three eyes. At okay. <laughs> Apparently, Kurt Angle does a spot on Linda McMahon impression. Yeah, the oh, three, yeah. Eye, three eyes lost on a young Alo. Yeah, I was a nine-year-old Alo. <laughs> yeah, then we have Stephanie coming in looking for Hunter, and then ultimately looking for Kurt. Uh, and she's told that he's in the locker room. We see Shane with Michael Cole. Uh, as soon as we see Steve Blackman in the background, Shane is oh, out yeah. there. <laughs> Obviously, with hindsight being 2020, we all know what is coming for Shane in, you know, not too far from now. Young Simba. Yeah, Young Simba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes Young Simba gets held up over the cliff, and sometimes <laughs> Young Simba actually gets dropped off of the cliff. Uh, we had a match between X-Pac and Brian Gerard James. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it kind of poetic that you had a uh, Ronnie, Ronnie versus the world yep, that's all, about that's, this guy last week and then only note, we had to cover him this week? That's yeah. My smallly note, two, two of the latest casualties of Ronnie versus the world. <laughs> yeah, Brian Gerard James out there with X-Pac. Uh, DX at this point was... Dead. De- yeah. This was like watching Emmett Smith or Edron James play for the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> or like watching Shaq play for the Celtics. <laughs> like it was like okay, we're watching Goldberg or Randy Orton now. Yeah, like your time has come and gone. Like you're not what you were. I may be a little too hard on Orton because Orton still has something to offer, but he did win. I'm just saying he's dead to me at this point. So X Pac won with the X Factor. X Pac tries to shake hands and. Uh, Brian ends up hitting him with the pump handle slam. With the anybody have any positive thoughts about this? Brian James, well, Brian Gerard James, <laughs> avid listener of the show. <laughs> yeah, but if, um, like you said, this was a rough time. You said this was compared to Emmett Smith. <laughs> I come, I com- I agree wholeheartedly because at this era, since when Billy Gunn got hurt in February and No Way Out, it was just basically Triple H and um Road Dogg and X Pac and. Triple H wasn't even really acknowledged as a member of DX. Mm-hmm. It was just Road Dogg and X-Pac would recognize as DX. And yeah. in the match, they actually talked about how Road Dogg and X-Pac fought for the DX name the year prior, fully loaded in 99. So that shows why they actually carried over still being DX. Who do you guys think had a worse death, the NWO or DX? Probably the NWO. I'd say the NWO. Yeah, I stay. Because I think they just wore that to hell. They did, but like... You know, I was going to say, they were still, like, super relevant on Nitro, but it was bad. Who had a better <laughs> revitalization, NW or DX? Oh, man. Uh, who do you think? It's DX. Well, NW, what do you want? Um, coming back in WWE, NW? Yeah. Oh, that, that, no, DX, no doubt. 
The one thing I'll give the NWO is Vince had one of the greatest vignettes of all yes. time bringing back the NWO. The poison. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who actually yes. used that as the announcement for his best man. Yes. <laughs> for his wedding. I don't know if that video is still around somewhere. I'm not going to mention any names on the show. If we can find it. <laughs> no, will, no name dropping? No name dropping oh, on the man. show. You I will tell you. you got to get jiggy show. with it. The <laughs> W-O. <laughs> so good. My creation. Uh, we had an ad for Vinny's Steakhouse in Raleigh. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, you don't see that too often, a local ad by, by the NLC. Does not happen anymore. They're too busy. Uh, actually, there was a Chef Boyardee. They were the sponsors. You don't see that anymore. Well, I mean, usually they have their undrunk Mountain Dew sitting on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they ever touched that Mountain Dew? No, they don't. I wouldn't have touched it. I've always hated Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm. That's my hot take for the night. That's your Ronnie Russell. Rapidly anti. Ronnie Russell Dew. Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they would have had like a can of Chef Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> We love this stuff. <laughs> Popped open can with a spoon yeah, yeah. in it. Do you it. have a specific product you would have liked to have seen? Beefaroni. Okay. I was going to say the uh, mini beef ravioli, but... Nah. Young Beefaroni did not is bang with the ravioli. Some jam- no? Yeah. <laughs> some Kool-Aid jammers. Kool-Aid jammers instead of Mountain Dew <laughs> and beefaroni. I could have got behind that. I could see JR eating some beefaroni. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be shocked by it. You know he went to Vinny's steak. If it had JR's <laughs> barbecue yeah. sauce on it, would be the hell out of it. doesn't have barbecue sauce. And we had China and Eddie backstage. China looking. Good! <laughs> Eddie, you know, on the top of his game at this point. You know, accent firing on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't, Mamazita! He wasn't in full on Lai Chi Steel character at this point. No. Though. This was the birth of it. <laughs> Yeah, th- this was awesome, though, and the-, the stipulation that whatever happens, one of us is going to get lucky tonight. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, aye. <laughs> then we see Val and Trish in oh. the locker room. Very strange to see Val Venus oh. in white and... Trish looking very hard. And not the big Valboski. Always very odd. I hated that. The whole... The, the, with the Vegas music and the white, <laughs> the white diaper, the haircut. Yeah. I, I the Bo Dallas I hated it so much. Trunks. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, but he was the Intercontinental Champion at this time. So basically, this was like a, an intergender mixed tag match where whoever yeah, got the pin won. Whoever got the finish would get the Intercontinental Championship. The whole point of the match was Val trying to keep Trish out of the equation. Which was crazy hearing the announcers talk about how Trish wasn't a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Knowing what we know now. Like yep. what she ended up mm-hmm. becoming. Mm-hmm. How long after that? Was she like becoming, you know, Stratisfaction Trish Stratus? Well, she won the title the next year at Survivor Series 01. So, but she was wrestling around that time because she started her, she had her stuff with Lita. So she was like in and out the ring. And then at the end of 2001, well, the middle of 2001 with the invasion, she started wrestling. And at Survivor Series 01, she ended up winning the title. Um, well, watching this though, it did. I, we've come a long way in women's wrestling. Looking, <laughs> looking back at this pay per view with the two technical women's matches that we had. Well, I, I do. Yeah. It, I do gotta give it to King for saying he was calling Trish a teacher of the art of grappling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good call. I loved that the crowd popped every time China dropped Val Venus. That was great. And then how much people just loved China manhandling Trish. Oh like, yeah, that she was just getting what what she deserved. I was wondering where those fingers were going. Yeah. <laughs> Trish was a great heel. 
Oh yeah, That's she always time. was. Yeah. This, this was her first year. Mm-hmm. She actually wasn't even a full year yet, but she was a great heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, China gets the pin to win the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Prep, what did you think of this match? Anything? Like, with China and Eddie... The, that was my favorite Eddie character. Yes. Like, <laughs> having that's why I was so happy when I finally got the the Eddie Hall of Fame Elite because it was like this exact character, yeah. the flowers, the the shirt, like so good. And China, like this is the China I remember too. Like I always look back at her and I'm like, why did I used to think she was hot? Oh, this is why I thought <laughs> she was hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I ever meet Sasha Banks again, I am showing up with roses with the lead pipe inside. <laughs> How are you going to get the lead pipe through security? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think I might just tell them. It might be PVC. <laughs> it's a gimmick. Yeah. Like, get PVC and paint it, paint it in silver. This is what I do. I pander. <laughs> you know this about me. And I may have some job applications in my back pocket. Okay, they're going to be looking for a new line of work. <laughs> other than security. Maybe you can go old school cartoon and bake, bake uh, lead pipe into a cake. <laughs> I'll try it. No, I'll stop the name of the cake. No, they won't. Uh, one of my favorite segments of any pay-per-view of this era, the WWE what, New York wait, segment. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, I was going to give you a whole lineage of Eddie, the, oh, the birth of Eddie Guerrero. Go ahead. It, well, the Eddie Guerrero we love. Mm-hmm. So, a few weeks later, because he said he didn't care. He was like, he, he, said, he said he wasn't a jealous type. So, a few weeks later, it was a triple threat match with Angle and China. Eddie was in it. Mm-hmm. And Kurt and China knocked each other down. And Eddie was kind of like, Embracing China like he was hugging her to check on her, but he actually covered her for a three count <laughs> and won the Intercontinental title. And the whole Playboy stuff, just a smirk after he did it because he know what he did. That little, yeah, like, He's like <laughs> this is the classic Eddie smirk. And then that's when China said she was going to be in Playboy and the the great segment of Eddie at the Playboy Mansion to carry away by security. <laughs> so good. And then Eddie broke China's heart. Yep. With the classic GTV. As he was always destined to do. Yes. Uh, yeah, Eddie, awesome, always fun to watch. Um, like you said, especially when he's in this particular mm-hmm. character, especially when he's with China, one of the more memorable things. And now we can move on to the iconic WWF radio, radio at the Mecca. <laughs> yeah, WWE New York, New York. Always love the obligatory WWE New York spot that they do. I think we got a couple spots of it mm-hmm. on this show. At least um, two that I remember. It was two. Uh, we had Steph with... Uh, Janet, whoever that is, um, where she tells her that Kurt is a good kisser, as we mentioned, saying all the girls backstage are talking about it. Uh, then we have Jerry the King Lawler against Taz, which basically was King sticking up for JR as he was being bullied by Taz. Uh, JR got, you know, the glass smashed from the window in his face. Yeah, they beat, he beat the hell out of the car. Yeah. Um, thoughts. Prep. Thoughts on this? How funny was Taz's entrance? Awesome. Like with the with the hat on. I didn't laugh. No, I did. Really? I laughed. I was like, "This is so bad." <laughs> I was rolling like he was so extra. Like, and the the match was whatever. I could care less. But like the lead up to it, I thought it was pretty funny. I like watching the lead into it too. It was you know fun to watch like the, the evolution of this story. I mean, it probably wasn't much more than just like a sideshow, but it was fun. I mean, I always thought Taz was underutilized mm-hmm. in, in in WWE, but I mean, this was something. We've talked before about like what a what a badass Taz was, like how in, that he was so short, but like 
his whole look was so intimidating. Um, so and he was suplex like yeah, twenty different suplexes he threw mm-hmm. out in the match. Yeah, and Jr. Obviously a beloved figure, completely defenseless. So that that was able to really sell that story of like you feeling bad for Jr. Uh, King, obviously the one who is the legendary wrestler of the two, decides he's going to take the brunt of it. Yeah, the match to me was whatever. But this is one of the things, and, and this is kind of goes back to the point I made at the top of the show about the crowd during this time period. JR gets up, smashes the glass over Taz's head. King gets the win. The shot of King standing on top of the announce table with his arms up, it's kind of looking up at him, and the crowd is going nuts. It was like this, this something that actually is nothing like becomes something with a moment like that. And... Taz, like, oh, he got glass in my eye. Yeah, like, it comes that. full circle, where now Taz has the glass in his eye, and he's whining about it on the floor. Um, um, I always said they dropped the ball with Taz mm-hmm. the, after after the Royal Rumble when he first debuted. And believe it or not, this is the only legitimate story he ever had in WWE. Yeah, no, I believe it. And um, I popped for the no-sell on King's pile driver, and he popped right back oh, up. Yeah. I did pop. I did pop for that, and all the bleeping yeah. <laughs> during this match was. I thought it was great. And one thing in the video package when he um, smashed the glass in Jr.'s face. Why did Jr. try to get the car? That's why would he be it's locked Vince in? Russo one hundred and one. Why would he be locked in on the passenger side? <laughs> well, Joey, as you know, so there is a such a thing as a child lock, and you've been locked into the back of my car with a child <laughs> lock before. So it could be as easy, as simple as that. You make you make a good point. <laughs> In my defense, you weren't smashing windows out either. I so. did not smash a window on you, but this, I did have to get out of the car and let you out. And this was this was not this was not this was not a Vince Russo special, by the way. No, I just mean the you know, like the invisible boundary that oh, okay. he talks about. No, not that. I, I mean, he always talks about like why does a wrestler not leave the ring to chase somebody? It's like the invisible boundary. Okay. Um, we have Shane doing another interview this time with Lillian Garcia. We see Blackman lurking again, and Shane runs directly out to the ring, which was a nice touch. Um, Joey, you mentioned as soon as Prep picked this last week that this match was on this card. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know I have a good friend. Um, I don't know if he'll be listening to this podcast, but he was, he was always a he huge, might now. Huntsberger was always a huge Blackman fan, and, yeah. and no matter what, no matter what his personality said, he was always always popping for Blackman. So the first thing that Ray said to me when he found out we were doing this podcast was he wanted to come on to do an episode all about Steve Blackman. Profile of Steve Blackman. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Would you? I love that. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to get it together then. Yeah, he was the ultimate Steve Blackman fan. Yep. Um, do you have any like specific fond memories of this match? Well, I mean, besides the obvious, I mean, you're always wondering what, what's going to happen when, when you have a Shane McMahon match. You know he's going to take some kind of bumps. Um... Blackman was kind of entertaining for what he was. He was kind of a, a Chuck Norris type in, in the WWE, so it was, it was entertaining. I mean, like I said, just you knew that you knew you knew something like that was going to happen. Prep. So just like your guy's friend, my brother is a huge <laughs> Steve. Blackman fan. So we got somebody else on the panel for the Steve Blackman <laughs> retrospective. Are we, are we all Steve Blackman fans? This time? I, guess, I think we, I think that's. That might be the theme of this episode of Throwback Madness, is that everybody loves Steve Blackman. <laughs> no, but I mean, the match was cool, and obviously the end, 
was insane. Mm -hmm. Like, watching that over and over, it's like, oh, crap, you know? And I forgot that Blackman did the elbow drop yeah. from halfway up. That was even impressive. He took a couple steps down, but did the elbow yeah. drop, which mm -hmm. was, was fun. Yeah, Halo? Before RVDs came, Steve Black was my favorite hardcore champion. Really? Because it, it, it suited him. Because he had the So, game. like, at that time, yeah. you liked him like that. Yeah, right? because it, it suited him. Because, like, the hardcore title gave people that didn't have anything to do. It gave them something to do. So, when Steve Blackman came into the hardcore division, at the, at the time, he had... With the kendo sticks. Yeah, and, he was a think. weapons master. Yeah, it, was, it was fun to see that kind of play into it. And how great was the lethal, wep the lethal weapon nickname? Awesome. Him? It was great. So, it, like, the whole hardcore thing, it suited him perfectly for what he for what he was. And I always pre appreciated when young Simba would wrestle and then immediately he'll get help. Yeah. Five no, yeah. <laughs> I always appreciate and that. And it was never, it was rarely ever even just one person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I always appreciate that. And then Shane's first insane bump. And was it just me, or did the crowd didn't react to it at all? Yeah, it, to me it was almost like disbelief. <laughs> yeah. So if you think about it, it really wasn't that long after the Owen Hart thing had happened. I think that was only... A year. Was it only a year? I was going to say I think it was two or three. That was a year. Only Okay, so only a year. So I can, can't even imagine like being there. You guys see me during a regular match, <laughs> you know, at least two or three times in a match. I could I could imagine being in that arena and seeing that happen, and be like, oh my god, he just died. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, even if you see the bump, you see the padding. You know how easy it is just to miss that completely. It's still if, you, if you're it's still pretty daring stunt. Yeah. If you do anything like the slightest bit off, like you could be dead or paralyzed. Was this when Shane O'Mac became Shane O'Mac? Like, had he done anything that like crazy like that before? That was the first. That was the first. Thing he that was the first bump he took off off of a stage because the year prior he he fought Test mm -hmm. at SummerSlam '99 in the um, fighting for Stephanie's heart <laughs> match or whatever and he did the um, the, coast, uh, the elbow drop yeah. from the outside from the inside of the ring to the outside to the outside nuts table but it was like the first like real bump that he actually took so that was a two year theme I mean both both pay per views the one prior and this one someone's fighting for Stephanie's heart <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and then um and then early in the year early in the year. Where young Simba was was given birth against the Big Show. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So this was the first really truly crazy thing that yeah. he did, which is ultimately what he kind of became to be known for. Yeah, this is what you wait for now. I mean, no, sold the helicopter crash a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm just did you see like the interview with him after? Yeah. It's so awkward. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> My favorite part of that though is. When you see a reporter off camera, or you hear a reporter off camera say, "Oh, by the way, are you Vince McMahon?" So he's just like, "I am," and then just <laughs> <laughs> like didn't even want to answer that question. But yeah, like only Shane. I forget if it was one of the young bucks that said like only Shane could no sell the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we then backstage have Steph freaking out about Shane, what just happened to her brother. And this was one of my favorite, like, small moments of the show, is Kurt walking in to check on her, and she's freaking out about Shane, and Kurt is like, oh, he probably just had the wind knocked out of him, like, just blows <laughs> it off, because he does not care. All he cares about is talking to her, oh, he probably just had the wind knocked out of him. Um, so that was a funny moment to me. Foley comes in and is like, oh, am I interrupting something? No, no, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> uh, then we got uh, Benoit and Jericho, two out of three falls match. So, I think 
not to be uh, WWE-ish, I'm not banning Chris Benoit from the show. I've told you guys three or four times it makes me uncomfortable to watch him. Like, I feel like if I can get as mad about Goldberg and Randy Orton as I do, like, they're just wrestlers I don't like because I think they don't like the business enough and they don't care. This guy, like, killed his family. So I think I'm just not going to talk about it anymore. So you guys can say whatever you want about this match. Boycotting? I, yeah, I just don't want to talk about him. It makes me uncomfortable <laughs> to watch him, and I really don't want to praise him at all. But you guys can feel free to do so. All right, so, so, so I, I wish it because I watched this as an internet internet fan today. So this was the fourth time in eight months they fought, and that's just on a pay per view. That's mm-hmm. not a kind of Raw or SmackDown. And can you imagine the complaining and whining we get today? And I would just love it. <laughs> Them again? Yeah. <laughs> I would just love it because this is the fourth pay per view that they they were in a match together in eight months. So I just find it hysterical. And then I know they fought a million times on Raw. Like, oh my god, they're really beating this Jericho Benoit thing into the ground. <laughs> and another thing is, whenever these two fought, and I could always appreciate it because every time these guys fought, there was never a lockup. They would always just go just right for each other. Yeah. And you and you know in blood feuds when you, if you got a story history there's no reason to be locking up. And um, another thing I loved when these two fought is they were kind, they kind of portrayed them on the same level. So it was like fifty you can say it was fifty fifty booking, but when they mm-hmm. two but they kind of like protected each other. So it was like you put the cross face in, they put the cross face, so you put the Jer- the walls of Jericho and the cro- the walls of Jericho will be put, will be put over. And those were like built the sacred moves. Yeah. And whenever they face each other, it's like it was like they were basically labeling it as the Crippler Crossface versus the Walls of Jericho. Um, Walls of Jericho, one of my favorites. I always love when he breaks out the Lion Tamer every now and again. You don't see it hardly ever. I love the Lion Tamer. I like that one better. You haven't seen it. It looks so painful. Oh yeah, like the neck. Back. Maybe that's why I stopped doing yeah, it. Yeah, like the knee on this side yeah. of the head. It probably is why. Well, a crippler crossface looks a lot more painful than the walls of Jericho. Whether yeah. it is or isn't, realistically, I don't know. But that looks uncomfortable, yeah. to say the least. Like, watching... So, watch this match. Like, I love Benoit, and you already know that, as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I love... It's two out of three falls, so he gets the first fall and the crippler crossface, and then immediately goes back yeah. to do it again. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And commentary actually mentioned it. Yep. And, like, Chris they Jericho... Chef Boyardee, they put over what's happening <laughs> in the ring. Chris Jericho getting to the ropes was, like, a huge deal. Like, oh, my God, how did he get to the ropes? Yeah. Like, I just loved everything about it. And Jericho... Like going back to the beginning of the match, how pumped was Jericho when he like got in the ring? Like if you would have actually heard him, there would have been like a thousand bleeps because mm-hmm. he was just like cursing the whole time. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, like you said, there was a lot of matches between Jer- Jericho and Benoit over the course of a couple of years. Um, they were all pretty good. This probably wasn't for me the best one I've seen over that over that time frame, but it was really good. Uh, like you said, just some of the transitions, some of the moves. Um, these guys are true workers, and it's mm-hmm. always fun to watch them. I mean, I'd watch that match eight times 
Eight, eight pay-per-views in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't. Com- I know you wouldn't complain, but <clears throat> the no. wrestling Twitter will complain. The internet wrestling community, bro. <laughs> bro. <clears throat> and um, Jericho won the second fall with the walls, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then they did a good job of protecting Jericho because Benoit, he won by holding the ropes. Yeah. yeah. And then after the second fall, Jericho jumped right back on him going for the third one, too. So they kind of played that in. That in. These guys were relentless. Yeah, the, the deciding fall was gotten through nefarious means. So it wasn't like he just straight up yeah. beat Jericho. Wait, um, and did, in the nefarious. beginning, when you go back to the beginning of the match, did you see the ref fall out of the yes. ring with yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was so good because they hated you. That's how you fight. <laughs> that was awesome. That was a great yeah. moment in that match. The ref looked like he was really upset about it. <laughs> What was the worst bump? That or when Braun broke the ring with the big show? That one. I haven't seen that ref since. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gone. Yeah. He's like, that's it. I'm He's done. disappeared I'm after done. that. Retired. Uh, Hunter shows up to the arena. That's another thing I always like. They do it in a in UFC fight where you'll see the guy in the main event walking in. I like that they show him arriving to the arena. Uh, then we got the first ever official TLC match. Um... The Dudleys versus the Hardys versus Edge and Christian. I mean, these guys are always a joy to watch. I don't even necessarily need to see, like, the big spots that happen in this match anymore. But just how much everybody loved all three of these teams and how exciting it was to watch all three of these teams. It's great to see these matches nowadays. You want to talk about cringing? <laughs> yeah, it's a couple oh of moments. My God, a couple yeah. of moments in there was very cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. And some of them, I was just like, "How are you still walking today?" Yeah, one of the one of the worst ones for me was Matt Hardy going off to the side of the ring. He's like, he could have easily landed on the barricade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, "Oh my God!" Oh, when he fell back like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was terrified. The yeah, one, a blind landing. The one that got me was. I don't know who threw... Somebody threw Jeff onto, like, a seesawed ladder, mm. and it, like, smacked Matt in the face. I was like... There's no way to play that You ever seen the Joey Mercury No, that one's nasty, dude. Yeah, the Joey Mercury? You ever yeah. seen Joey? Yeah, that was rough. That one's horrible. That's one of the worst things I've ever seen in wrestling. Mine was probably just a vicious uh, off the top. Oh. oh, the leg, yeah. Yeah, that one makes me want to throw up. Yes. The, like, I... That goes through my mind a lot of times when the like when a guy's hanging from where the belts are hung and they fall. I'm always worried that that's going to happen. Somebody's going to snap their leg on that bump. But this match was awesome. Joey, thoughts on this one? Yeah, it was great match. Like I said, these guys in a ring is just dangerous, and they they put up some good spots. Um, I I think at least the two occasions they went through a set of four tables each, which mm-hmm. ow. Um, it was unique. It was like the first time we had we we seen this between these these tag teams. So it was awesome. No, oh, yeah, I was all behind it. Oh well, first of all, this match is amazing. <laughs> match of the night for you? Yes, no doubt. The Swanton from Jeff with a top. It doesn't matter how many times I see it; it's still phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Even in this time he missed because he mm-hmm. hit, he hit it at WrestleMania on Bubba. So this time he missed. It was either this match or the women women Rikishi style match? We'll yeah. <laughs> One of those were the match of the night. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Because cause King also referred to it as a TLC match. Did he really? <laughs> <laughs> but um, Edge and Christian, true heels, actually going to boot through the whole thing. And um, JR, 
on commentary, he made this match what it was because, like I said, I said earlier in the show that there was ten matches on the card, and this match got 14 minutes and 51 seconds. So that's when it was clocked at. You get this match today, you may get you may get around that time or a bit more, but it's going to be slower. Yeah. And if it may not, or you can see it as this that commentators and make it seem fast. Like, JR made it seem so fast because he was selling everything. So, it's like, a lot of... He was selling everything that happened. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And like I say he was on fire the entire match. He made everything feel important. Like, even when um, Lita came out and knocked Edge off the ladder, he was like, mm-hmm. come on, Matt. Come on. You're home, son. You're home, son. <laughs> Lita took a spear. Lita took a spear. I was, like, I was head get, pounced off the back of the ladder. I, that was rough. I was getting to that. And then JR's like, you son of a bitch. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I got to give it to you. I got to give it to you. Like, JR made this match what it was. And we missed that so much in commentary. It's like the, the belief that it's real. It's like, come on. Like, this, like you're selling everything that is going on in this match. And I got, what am I saying? And TLC matches will never be the same again because of the, these guys are synonymous with these elements, with the Edge and Christian, with the la- with the chairs, the Hardys with the ladders, the with the tables. It's not, it's not ever going to be the same ever again. They didn't set the bar. They, they are the bar. bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, it's like these mat- TLC matches. They when they stopped having these three teams in them, I didn't care anymore mm-hmm. because it wasn't. It didn't mean anything because this match was the synonymous with these three teams, and it only happened with three with these three teams. And rewatching this had me thinking: if you if you want to, I think this may be. It's kind of hard for me because this was like the blueprint for what they did. Because a lot of people always talk about TLC two at seventeen as being the best TLC match, but you, after rewatching this, I'm like, okay, but TLC two. One was the blueprint for TLC mm-hmm. two because they talk about that all the time, and how are we going to top this? Because they had the triangle ladder match at WrestleMania two thousand, mm-hmm. and they had this like, okay, how are we going to top this now? You know, I think the main reason they topped it at seventeen is because of the inclusion of Spike Rhino and Lita, and then the, the Edge Spear off the top mm-hmm. with Jeff Haynes. So I think that's what kind of like puts the puts that match over the edge. But my question to you guys is, which one is your favorite from? Out of these, and you can also and the forgotten TLC match is TLC three, that was on an episode of SmackDown, and they added Jericho and Benoit to that, which is still a great match as well. Uh, for me, it's probably still uh, the well, he said it was Mania two thousand. That was the triangle ladder match. That was the one with the spear off the. No, that was WrestleMania seventeen. Then that's that was my favorite TLC two. So that one, uh, that's what I thought. Okay. Because, so some people will say, like, when you talk about, like, a great football game or whatever, sometimes the ending makes it a great game. To me, like, that is the highlight reel. That moment, that finish is, like, the highlight reel kind of of, of their career, really. Like, that's the thing you always see. To me, that one will always stand out on top. Now, maybe if I sat down and watched them all in a row, I might say, you know what, I like this match better, but that's the one that stands out to me. Ah, I mean... I would have to again watch watch the second one again, but I, I really enjoy the first one. I, I, it might be that one for me. Really? Yeah. Pret? It was yeah, fr- it's fresh. It's new. One. You think so? Halo? After watching, it's up in the air. Like I said, it's the whole Spike Rhino Lita thing <clears throat> added to TLC TLC mm-hmm. two, and the, spe- the, the 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 spectacle that it was on also. Kind of raises it up too, because this was at SummerSlam, and SummerSlam wasn't presented as the quote-unquote biggest party of the summer. Yeah. Seventeen years ago. No, like you said, this match though was fresh. It was something you yeah. haven't see, really seen before, so it has to have an element. I mean, the other one had to do more. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I'll kind of... I'll pick this one, just because it is the blueprint. Mm-hmm. The, so basically, though, what you're saying is after these guys did these matches, the phrase, tables and ladders and chairs, oh my, doesn't apply anymore. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, other thing I loved is when Edge and Christian retained... How pissed Jr. was! <laughs> yes, <laughs> like he was legitimately pissed. And, and I, I love I, you know I love that and I yeah. missed that. And and uh, Lawler goes out of his way to say like, "Come on, Jr. Like, whether you like these guys or not, like whoever wins a match like this, like you have to respect them." He's like, "All right, you're right, I do." But like he was so pissed that they didn't win at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that leads us to Hunter and Stephanie in the locker room. Hunter wants an, wants an explanation for the kiss. Stephanie blames Kurt. Triple H says, after tonight, he's going to be out of our lives forever. A young Alo, I'm sure, was just waiting for vengeance for Triple H. Wrong pay-per-view, by the way. <laughs> Hunter got that ass. <laughs> he did, uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> that he did. That he did. <laughs> um, we had Joey's favorite match of the night, the stink face match oh, between the it's cat. It's a beautiful thing. The cat without snow. Again, how far we've come in yeah. women's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, just to reiterate. Yeah, just, I mean, no, I can't say enough about it. I, I'm in it again. <laughs> uh, with Terry Runnels, who was chaperoned by Perry Saturn. Terry Runnels, I feel a personal close friend of mine. <laughs> and the nice interaction we had at Access. Didn't have your cigar. No, I did tell her that. I, I was like, I wish I had a cigar for you. She was like, you know what, honey? So do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was pretty brutal. Pretty uncomfortable yeah. to watch. N- not much going on there. This I was mean, like the definition of the bathroom break. <laughs> you had Kitty Cat who ended up uh, having an affair with Jerry Lawler and getting them both fired, I believe. Yeah. I, don't, I think they were, mar- they were married. Were they? Uh, yeah, King, mm-hmm. yeah, Kat and, Kat and King were married. Either way, they're doing some, some, some pretty shady stuff. <laughs> and at the same time, you say it's a bathroom break, but does anybody really go into the bathroom during half, a half-naked women sink face match? I mean, no, <laughs> but it was it was not really fun to watch. No. What, what were young Alo's feelings at this at this point? My God, Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Prep, any thoughts? None. That was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, we had... A not quite a match, but Mark Calloway against Kane, huh. where match never started. The only thing that really happened was Kane was unmasked. Alo for the first time. Yes. Uh, worst incarnation. Or worst in- incarnation of Undertaker ever. I mean, <laughs> painful. Where's my American badass by Kid Rock? Uh. Pay, 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 pay Kid Rock WWE. <laughs> At least they stepped up from Lip Biscuit to. Something. They didn't want to pay Limp Biscuit either. I was gonna say, is that even a step up? Limp Biscuit would have worked for twenty bucks at this point, I think. Maybe I don't know. Could be, could be worse. Could be a floor ride. <laughs> okay. Or Pitbull. Fair. Fair. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Or um, MGK. <laughs> even worse. <laughs> Somehow you managed to top every one. But yeah, the, the new SummerSlam song for this is horrible. Honestly, I don't even know what it is. It's, you don't want to. <laughs> uh, backstage. Uh, Kurt calls Stephanie in the locker room. She pretends it's Linda. Um, I mentioned Angle with one of my favorite moments when he said Shane had the wind knocked out <laughs> after that fall. This was another one how genuinely happy Triple H looked when he said, oh, that's your mom, let me talk to her. I wanted to talk, really wanted to talk to her, was really happy to talk to Linda. Obviously, she hands him the phone and Kurt hangs up. 
Triple H doesn't seem to even suspect a thing. No, he was kind of upset when Linda hung up. He's like, your mom hung up on me. Yeah, he was upset about it, but he didn't suspect he, yeah, that he didn't it was not he was, Linda. He didn't suspect any on their hand. And, and... No, but but just like this smile, if, if you go back and watch this, really savor the little smile that Triple H does. <laughs> savor the smile. Yeah, it's really funny. Leads us into the main event. Kurt Angle versus Triple H versus The Rock. For the heavyweight championship, the Rock is the champion coming in. Another one of my favorite little moments from the vignette leading into it is the soundbite of Kurt saying, "Where's it written that a guy and a girl can't be friends?" Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, Kurt Angle being so innocent, maybe the fourth eye, uh, <laughs> uh, innocence. Like, <laughs> he doesn't even th- like. Oh, wh- why would you think anything? Of course, we're just friends. Um, Kurt comes out, cuts a promo, basically saying, like, I'm proud of what I've done. I wish I had done it sooner. This leads Triple H coming out. They get into a little bit of a brawl. And I did not realize that that moment I remember so vividly when the table collapsed. And Kurt was, like, legit. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was he was done. If the table I did not remember that that was this match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I remember watching this live. And I remember, like, telling my friends, like, he's... Legitimately, like yeah, Triple out. H went yeah. for a move and the table collapsed yeah, yeah, on him. Yeah, and you, you know, see him land on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the table gave out, and you could even hear Triple H saying, "Stay down," because the yeah. Rock wasn't supposed to come out for until a little, a little bit longer. So, Triple H gets a lot of heat from a lot of different circles in the the wrestling community. Not all of it internet based wrestling community, but this was one of the things that made me really respect Triple H. Is that he? You could tell the care that he was taking with Angle for that, that like minute and a half that they were on the floor, like holding him down, not letting him move. There even like the way he kinda like put his hands on his head. Like he was trying to take care of him in that moment as best he could. Like he can't stop everything. But he did his best to kinda be as gentle with him as he could. To me that was that was one of the things that actually I respected about him. And it kinda goes to him beating that guy up they came in the ring with his house show match with Stone Cold back in the day. Like, he was all about protecting the guys he was in there with, which a lot is to be said for that. But, uh, Joey, your thoughts on the main event? <clears throat> well, I mean, we haven't worked our way through it yet, but it was it was a good show. I mean, like, you had that kind of, they were kind of feuding with each other. And you had Kurt Angle, Triple H in there for a couple minutes before Rocky even entered the, entered the, the, the scene. Which kicked it up another notch. Yeah. Prep? I love this rock. (laughs) (laughs) The build-up to him coming out, like, yeah, I know the story of the match is Angle and Triple H. But when he came out, I'd still jump off my couch, like, this is the rock I know and love. Came out with such a purpose. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Something about the way he carried the belt. I I I was so hype about that. (laughs) Not gonna lie, I picked up the big earth. Scared to You watched it draped over the draped over your shoulder. Yep. Halo <laughs> main event. Oh well, it's not often the rocks the fourth most important person in the story. <laughs> but back to the video package, I loved the the nice touch of him knocking Triple H in the back with the chair. Yeah. And him landing on Trish doing sixty nine. <laughs> I thought that was, <laughs> that was funny. 
And of course, before the match and started, and the Rock thought that, thought that was so yes. funny. Yes, <laughs> and, and of course, it can't be throwback without throwback. But it can't be throwback with me say, without me saying this. Earl Hebner's so bad. Yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> the one time you know, I watched this match, and like I really paid attention to Earl Hebner, and I'm like, <laughs> he looks so out of place. Like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my point. He's so bad. The bump before the match, he's so terrible. <laughs> but like, right, like Ron said, the pedigree and the t- on the, uh, um, the pedigree agree with it when the table when the table gave out on him. I do believe he was supposed to get stretched off though, because you can even see, even say that was a part of the match because Triple H would meet him back up at the ramp and try to bring him back to the ring and the rock will do the same thing. A torn Stephanie <laughs> asking yeah. Kurt to help Hunter. You gotta help my Triple H you gotta, for one, you gotta help my husband. He just destroyed him so he yeah. has no reason to help him. But and, for you I will <laughs> and two it's a triple threat match. Yeah. Why would he help him? Mm-hmm. And then he and then a young Alo was pissed when Triple H hit the pedigree and had three and Kurt just dragged him out. I was so mad. I mean, it's amazing what men will do for a piece of poontang pie. I, yeah. I was so mad. But you guys always give it to Stephanie for taking these bumps all the time. Because mm-hmm. that that punch bump was great. Yeah. <laughs> and then The Rock just doing a people's elbow jumping over both of them. Mm-hmm. I thought those, those are nice touch. It was. And The Rock wins. And I hit Kurt Angle after this match. <laughs> When did you finally come back around on him? Wait, my mouth drinking the juice, so mm-hmm. not until he turned face the next year. Okay, so it wasn't long. A year, about a year. It's not like it took you till he came back for the Hall of Fame. Oh no! Year. <laughs> now, 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 was it a steady, steady work back up to Kurt Angle, or was it just all of a sudden you like him again? I mean, did you have to get it over a couple months? You go through like a breakup period. No, I was like, oh, you should, oh man, if we ever viewed No Mercy, No Mercy two thousand, I was pissed when he won the title. I was not happy. <laughs> you were limited. I was not happy. I was like, this guy? And then he beat The Undertaker, which made me even more mad in the next month. <laughs> he tried to break up Triple H's marriage. Uh, exactly, and I hate this guy at this point. Yeah, the shot of Angle carrying Steph out, it was like, reminding me of like George the Animal Steel or Hogan with Elizabeth, Elizabeth back in the day. Like him just walking out as Triple H is knocked out in the ring. Um, I thought the main event was good. Uh, like Alo said, it... Part of me felt a little bit like, oh, we kind of got cheated a little bit out of the Triple H, Kurt Angle story, but then ultimately it comes full circle by the end of the match when Kurt comes back out, um, and it clearly was meant to happen. I do not think that they did all that stretcher stuff on the fly, so they they kind of lucked out that he was not planning on doing much else. No, <laughs> because he was he got smoked. Lights were out. That. Lights were out. He was no. There was nothing there. And I remember hearing things every now and again about Dana White really wanted Angle to come to UFC. And I've always cited that. Like, that could have been one of the reasons why he never did it. Because he really got his bell rung. He had to have had a concussion after that. Um, But a good main event, a good end to a good show. Any final thoughts from SummerSlam 2000 from anyone? Yeah, I mean, overall, it wasn't a bad show. The... um Ladder TLC match, uh, obviously Shane's match, and we got some classic back Blackman. We all fan out. We're Blackman fans yeah. inside, <laughs> deep down, which is a good thing. Yeah. And then you had the the main event. I mean, these matches were kind of kind of drove the pay per view for me. Mm-hmm. Overall, it was a good card. Yeah. Alo. Great show. Nine year old Alo still loved loved it. Twenty <laughs> six year old Alo still loved it. Yeah. Prep as your choice. What did you think? It was a lot of fun to watch. Was it what you expected? Yeah. I had watched it prior to picking it just to make sure that this is what I wanted to pick. And 
No uh, cheating. Stink, <laughs> stink face aside. A lot Perry, of fun to Perry watch. Perry Saturn or? Perry Saturn. That was so random, too. <laughs> he has a natural stink face. That, that's a stink face that doesn't change. The European champion not even defending his title. Yeah, I... Uh, the biggest party of the summer. Yeah, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. A lot of good moments from the show. Um, Alo, do we have a listener's choice for September? Yeah, um, a lot of WCW in this randomizer. Okay. I'm not happy about that. <sighs> so. I mean, you know, I'm not either. I know. So. Could get a gem. Who knows? Let's face the music. Randomize. As far as I'm concerned, there is no WCW gem. <laughs> <laughs> you could be right, Ron, but I mean, I'm trying to look at the glass half full. So. Unfortunately, we will, we will be reviewing WCW Fall Brawl '98. Oh God! <laughs> Who picked that? Keep talking off that now. <laughs> Fall Brawl '98. So this may, <laughs> we may not have another listener for Throwback Madness. I just may kill Throwback Madness. I don't know if anybody's going to want to listen to this show. After this. <laughs> So for September, Fall Brawl 98 from WCW. I don't know what's on it. Yeah, well, I know no the idea. card. Yeah, I don't know. It's not going to make it any better. Huh. Hear the card. Let's hear the card. Well, Let's hear the card. Time out. Well, if you want to give some mind application, if you don't want to do that, you could just cancel this, their show on this network. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Who picked it? Donovan. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> what? What's the card? <laughs> yeah, so... British Bulldogs and Jim Neidhart versus the Dancing Fools. <laughs> you know what? I love it already. No, you're going to love this. Chris Jericho versus Goldberg, an impersonator. Okay. <laughs> Ernest Miller versus Norman Smiley. All right. Rick the Snyder cat. versus Scott Steiner. Mm. Uh, the Juice versus Silver King. Saturn versus Raven. Dean Malenko versus Kurt Hennig, Conan versus Scott Hall, mm. and then in a War Games match, Team WCW, uh, DDP, Roddy Piper, and the Warrior, ooh, <laughs> versus uh, Hollywood Team Hollywood Hogan. It's a uh, Hogan, Bret Hart, and Stevie Ray, and NWO Wolfpack, Kevin Nash, Sting, and Luger, <laughs> and that match is twenty minutes. Well, I know why Donovan picked it now, because both Mr. Perfect and Razor Ramon are on the show. Uh, all right, I, that, that's what we're reviewing for September. No bill. <laughs> all right, you know what? <laughs> Donovan, I will tip my cap to you for that, that you picked a WCW show that did not have Goldberg in it. So thank you at least for that. Uh, that is Throwback Madness for the month of August. SummerSlam 2000. Uh, do us a favor. Listen to the Matt Madness flagship. Listen to Falls Count Anywhere. The Perfect Edge. Unsanctioned with Elite Collector. Jay Vargas. I got it right? Yes, okay, sir. Okay, good. Um, any other shows that we have? I think that's everything. <laughs> so, for, oh, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we appreciate it for Mr. Sexy Puna Kana, then now forever CK and Joe Rodderman. Love it. For Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepagwina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next month. Hop on the top rope, by the land with the elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. 
tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.